Okay, hello there. Good morning, good evening to all of our listeners. Welcome to Thrive Cast, a community podcast series where we are meeting with growth and engineering leaders. Uh, our today's topic is customer discoveries. And to discuss the whys, the what's and how's and all the intricacies, we have Dallas Fontaine with us. Dallas, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Dallas, could you, um, you know, to our listeners, could you tell us, uh, just introduce a little bit about yourself, who you are and some interesting aspects about why did you get into the domain of um, growth and specifically customer discoveries? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm a, my name's Dallas, obviously, I'm from Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, you know, I love to water ski and snow ski. Uh, that's the things I love to do on the side, a little bit about me. Um, uh, why I got into customer discovery, and if it's okay, it's a little bit of a story here off this top, but um, I'm a second time founder, but when I started my first company, I dove head first and went right in. And one of the um, things I start, you know, I was like, let me just give it a shot and I'll just build something. And what happened in the short story of this story is I spent 300 grand on an MVP that never could even onboard a customer or customers wanted to onboard into. And so what happened was, is I was frustrated. I felt like a failure. I didn't know what to do. Um, and so I was really like, how do I make my product something that people want? And that was kind of the early journey of um, 300K down, no customers. What do I do? Um, of how do I make a product that actually has product market fit? So um we can talk more about where that story went but that's really how i got into discovery and why it's so important in everything i do now yeah i've been talking to a lot of um, you know founders uh, at least second time founders and the first time usually um you know uh you describe it in a very succinct way that you learned you know a whole bunch of things from this many of them just telling me that hey i i practically failed i had no idea on how how i was approaching it uh but i think learning you know on uh, and looking back you know it's probably the right thing to do so maybe if you could uh, describe a little bit uh you know i think you touched a little of that but what could go wrong let's say if, if there's a early stage startup and they are going through understanding who their icp is and they have no idea about it what could go wrong let's talk about essentially if it fails if the customer discovery fails what happens I think it's the short and sweet answer is, you know, you don't get any customers. Um, I think the bigger, bigger failure that you experience is you spend all this time working on something, you know, whether it's six, eight, nine months, and you think it's going to be great. And then you launch. And what really happens is you burn runway and you burn time going the wrong direction. And it's not so much um, that that's probably the biggest thing is you're going the wrong way for so long and be able to pivot to go back the other way takes a lot of energy out of yourself, your team and your finances. And you only have so many of those to do before eventually you just run at a time, emotional or cap, like one of those runways and you just can't do it again. And so I think that's the big thing people underestimate that getting it right and taking your time to do it the first time is really, really important rather than just running for six months kind of the wrong way. Yeah, so failure is probably more certain at that time. Would you say that uh, most startups fail? Let's say, let's assume that uh, they have the cash at hand, right? Um, I think there was some interesting statistics around that they burn their cash much faster than anything else. So if they still have cash around, uh, is uh, finding the right ICP, you know, 
still on the top order of why why startups fail? Yeah, I believe it's a big uh, reason startups fail. And, you know, I went and found, and I'm happy to share this in the show notes, but uh, about 42% of uh, startups fail because they're, they don't get the right customers. And what that really boils down to, like you mentioned, is they're just not talking to the right people and they're not um, really going after people that truly want. There's a disconnect between their product and them. And it's it's honestly the hardest thing for, for any founders to get that really, really right. And when you do, that's when you have those unicorn companies. That's really the big difference. Uh, so let me ask ask you this. And you talked about what can go wrong if uh, if the process is not done right. If you don't have the ICP, uh, how do you how could you maybe outline the process of what is a customer discovery? How does an early stage you know a startup can go through that particular journey? Uh, and let me paint the picture a little bit. Right, so this is an early stage startup. There are just one or two founders to it. Uh, they don't have a large team yet. Uh, they are still in the ideation phase that whether, you know, this, whatever they're trying to go build, does it make sense or not, which means they don't have a product. They are completely pre, uh, pre-revenue uh, and they may not have yet uh, raised even seed stage capital. Is that still the right time for them to do the customer discovery or should they go ahead with their hypothesis and go with the gut, go start building things? How, how would you describe what should they do at that time? Yeah, well, I'll take those questions, you know, step by step. I think what discovery is, is just building the right product for the right customers. That's like a short and sweet. It's like <clears throat> right product for the right customers. Um, if you're in that early stage and you're pre-product, maybe you've got a co-founder, but you, you're not even really co-founders. I'll give you kind of a couple steps that I like to do to validate ideas. So I think it's really important. Instead of just running off and building something, again, you're going the wrong way. You don't know if anyone wants it step back and do a little bit of validation. So the first thing I like to do is I always say, make a list of all your ideas um, and like rank them. Some of the things I like to rank on them is like, how easy could I get 10 customers? You know, what's the total addressable market? Do I genuinely care about this target audience? Do I like, do I want to talk about HR? Do I want to talk about engineering? Do I want to talk about sales? Like if you don't, it could be a great idea, but if you're not passionate about it, don't even try it. And then is there, is there attractive profit margin? Like, do the unit economics make sense? Once you kind of like write down as many ideas as you can, you're right, you know, write down whatever. There's no bad ideas. I like to pick the top two ideas at the top of the list um, and then write out as much detail as possible. So questions like what problem do you solve? Who makes up the competition? Who's your specific target audience? And like, what's the value proposition that you guys propose? Uh, so when you're able to go through those for a couple customers, next, you've got your two ideas. Next, it's like, Okay, how do we validate them? So really what you're trying to solve here is does the problem you solve actually exist? And does the solution you have in mind actually solve the problem? And I think those are where a lot of people kind of go off. It's like, oh, this is it's a really big problem for me. It's so painful. Like, And then they kind of talk to other people and no one else really cares uh, for whatever other reason. It's just not, um, not as big. Uh, what you're going to do from here is you're going to take about a week and you need to go talk to about 10 or 15 people. So um, there's multiple ways that you can do this. I think I froze here. I know. I think you're good. good. Oh, good. Okay. Sorry. We're gonna have to edit that. Sorry. Uh, Yeah. You, what you want to do there is you want to go talk to, you know, 10 or 15 people, Um, you know, happy to share how to do that. Um, Often I like to run LinkedIn campaigns. I message out to people. 
uh, for a tactical knowledge, the best book to, to go is called Deploying Empathy. Um, it's going to give you a really, really in-depth process of what I'm talking about. But I normally reach out to people on LinkedIn and ask them if they want to chat. Basically tell them I have nothing to sell and that I'm just trying to do discovery. Um, once you have that full calendar, you're able to go in and really validate um, whether people actually have this problem. And the way you do that is don't ask them the question of what they do ask their behaviors and that's the big thing that people really miss is they go yeah they like oh like is this a problem and people are like yeah yeah it's such a big problem but it's like you need to go in and actually see when was the last time they either tried to solve that problem or their behavior actually shows you that it's a problem so i think that's the biggest step people go wrong is they dive in or when they do discovery they don't dig deep enough to see the behaviors that people are doing to see if it's a real problem or not that's an interesting segue. So, you you know, you're talking about don't directly ask them, hey, is this a problem? Ask them their behavior. You know, I, this reminds me of that, you know, age old uh, problem. I think, was it Ford or was it somebody else who were building their cars? And you know, they said, hey, if, if we went and asked them what were their problems, they would have told us, hey, go build a better, better horse carriage rather than a car. So they went ahead and asked about the behavioral problem. You know, how, how, how long do you have to travel? Uh, what's the current mode of transportation? What would you like to be improved? And I think the, you are absolutely right. You know, their answers were, hey, I would like to travel much faster than what I can currently. So a horse carriage would not have solved it. A car would have solved it. So I think uh, right on. That's, you know, that's the right question to, to ask. Uh, would you also maybe taking a small step back, uh, how, should, how should the startups go find out who their ICP is. Uh, and, you know, I know it's an early stage and they can't go and hit all the people. Uh, and I've seen most of the early stage founders, at least the first time founders, go at a very single ICP. They go, hey, I'm thinking about a solution. Let me go and start either to the marketeers or the sales guys or customer success, whatever hypothesis they might have. And they're going after one single ICP just to validate them. Is that the right behavior or should you spray, uh, you know, spray and say, hey, probably this, this, th what I'm thinking about uh, has some relevance for the sales, has some relevance for the developers. Should they do, you know, uh, pick and choose across various ICP just to test the waters or should they go and validate themselves that, you know, let me go and do 15, 20 such interviews, you know, with my ICP and then cross across the path saying that no, this doesn't work. Let me go the next one. What what would you suggest? Yeah, so the the first thing I would suggest is normally you're not going to be able to know what your ICP is until you've done the discovery. So normally you have like a couple ideas, like you might say, hey, we'll work with maybe pre-seed, maybe seed founders, or maybe post series A, right? So they're all kind of close. Like we we understand we want to work with founders, but we don't know in the life cycle stage. Let's go find out. So then when you go do the discovery, you're going to find out where in maybe the raise cycle or, you know, we think we were with 10 employees, 50 or 100. And then, again, you go do the discovery and find out it's 50. That's really the spot you want to start. So I would say, like, you'd have, like, some idea. Like, it's not going to be, I think, broad as, like, hey, we want to work with, you know, salespeople or, you know, customer success. I feel like you're going to have some idea. But normally you want to go in with a little bit of an open mind to see who has the big pain point. A great spot to start ahead of that is so I like to use a tool called gummy search. So you've never heard of it. 
basically just goes into Reddit and can comb all the pain points. And what that does is it really goes in and shows you who actually has the pain points of what you're trying to solve. Um, so I find that really, really handy to get that first speed to go in and really look at a lot of pain um, before I dive into those interviews. But I agree. I think you should have like somewhat of a wide net, but not too wide, like kind of in the middle there. And then you start narrowing down um, as you go to really figure out who that ICP is at the beginning. That's a good advice. You know, use tools like Reddit or Gummy Search to go find it. Um, let's take this one step further. Let's say, you know, these startups, they, uh, they've started finding some repeated, repeating patterns, uh, with their ICP. They think that, Hey, uh, whatever the story I'm trying to tell, uh, it's gelling well with one or two different ICPs and they go build the product. Um, uh, they think they have achieved PMF, uh, and now they have also successful in raising some capital. Should they continue this journey? as they start becoming bigger, meaning if it's a, let's say if it's a series A or a series B kind of a startup, they've crossed this PMF stages. Um, they have <coughs> now um, at least you know, 15, 20 hour paying customers, uh, you know, depends on how much they are paying or they could be design partners, but let's assume that they have achieved that PMF. At least they feel that they have, as you, you know, achieved that PMF. Should they still continue the customer discovery journey? Uh, or should they stop, right? What's the point in time when they say, yep, enough is enough. Let me go ahead and start building it and continue to sell it to the ICP that I have it, you know, I have reached out to. Yeah, I would say there's, yeah. you never stop doing discovery. Um, for instance, Stripe is one of the biggest companies in, in software and they do discovery all the time. I think what discovery does is sometimes you can only do so much discovery and then you actually do like at this stage, I don't think discovery is at the beginning stages, like all the time you're doing discovery, like every week you're learning something. Mm -hmm. I think when you get to the stages, it's more in maybe like quarter sprints. You might do like often the way we've always done it. It's like, okay, this quarter, what do we want to figure out? And so then that might take the first four weeks you figure it out. And then you do actually go to spend time building because it does take time to build software and it doesn't get built overnight. You have customers to validate against. Um, so often find that maybe, you know, you're doing it within sprints. It's not constant. It's like the beginning, it's all the time, but it should always be at least once a quarter. Uh, the big companies like Stripe, one of the things that you really need to do is you need to take the discovery from yourself and get your team trained on how to do it. And so you need your customer success. I, I am a firm believer in developers as well. Like your whole team should always be asking those discovery questions because if they're trained in it, then it is happening all the time. When they're talking to customers, when they're on, they're always doing discovery, trying to find out what pain points they could be solving. And so when you're able to train your team, I think that's kind of the transition point is you kind of get up, you get that product market fit. Now you need to train your team to go figure out what other pain points are in the market and how they can surface those to you guys to make better product decisions. So I think that's really the gap is founders that do it. They do it really well themselves, but then they don't transition to doing it on their team. And so they start to lose product market fit as they grow because their team isn't doing it. And they're, the founders no longer on the front line. They've raised money. So they're not with the customer every day. And so that's really the gap. So it's really, how do I train my team to be the ones doing the discovery and finding those problems, finding what, you know, our, the product's never perfect. So continuing to, you know, really see how you can help your customer. That's a great piece of advice for the mid-stage startups. Uh, could you maybe, uh, could you give an example that you've, you've seen in the past, uh, either at the early stage startups or the mid-stage startups where this has, this has been done well, 
uh, I know you work with a lot of uh, a lot of your um, your customers, you and your founders. You've been working with this uh, this kind of a setup. It looks like you might even have a framework that we can share. Probably somewhere in the show notes we can add that. But could you describe, uh, you know, uh, one or two such customers that you worked with? Uh, if you want to hold their, um, you know, their names, you know, up to you. And if if it's public information, please do sure. share some some info about how did you go about doing it? What were the learnings around it? Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about, look, first off, and I'm just going to make a quick note, is Stripe does this all the time. I've been part of Stripe's customer discoveries as a customer. Uh, when they launched their card issuing program years ago, I was in a lot of their, hey, you know, it was constant. Their team was always asking me, how can we do this? How can we make it better? What does this look like? So, like, again, like the biggest company in like soft, one of the biggest companies software, they like do this all the time. They do it well. Personally, we do this, um, you know, what I'm doing now, scale labs. And what we do is we actually help people discover, hey, am I solving a real pain point? So we had a customer approach us um, in the construction space called Quilly. It's a, it's a uh, ERP software. Eventually, they built this huge suite for themselves. Okay, big company. They built it all for themselves. Spent a couple million dollars building this. And what happened was, is they built for their pain points. And so they want to take this product to market, but they don't know where to take it to market. Like you can't just unload a full ERP on someone. You have to have that like direct path to customers. And so what we kind of noticed is um, they had all these things like time cards and billing and all this stuff they had built, but customers really, really didn't have a pain point around that. So we went out and we validated it again. I followed the same process, went out and talked to customers. I talked to people that would buy that software. What we really found is they had one area that they really did well was their inventory management um, for trades. So like, again, this is super specific, but like uh, it was like roofing, plumbing, electrical, anything in the trades that works for a, G a general contractor. Uh, their inventory management system actually has a huge, huge pathway to market. No one's doing it. And so that's what we really mm -hmm. found is like we go in, we take the whole breadth and we just like at the beginning asked where were the pain points, found that the pain points were there and we really took that. And um, yeah, that's the one that's, I guess, the most recent one that was like a month ago. So um, done it many, many times. I could tell you stories after stories after stories, but that's the one. Um, if they had to just launch the product as is, it would have been a total, total flop. So now they have like a clear path to market. And the benefit of doing good discovery is you have customers. That's what people never meant. Like, instead of just trying to sell right away, do customers. Once your discovery gets so good, people will start signing up on the call. And that's when you know you've got, as I always say, that's how you know you've got product market fit. When someone's like, oh, that sounds so interesting. Like, can I sign up for that? You know, you've nailed it. So you keep doing discovery till you, till you hear that. That's that's normally my feedback for people. That's great. That's great. So maybe let's, uh, you know, uh, let's outline some of the things. How should one do uh, or even scale up the customer discovery process? Do you recommend uh, any tools, processes, blogs, frameworks, books, whatever, you know, you know any resources that you can uh, give to the audience just for them to warm up to how should they go about doing it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the best, the first book to read is called The Mum Test. Uh, that's just going to give you a general idea of the whole discovery process, the best spot to start. The next best book is called Deploying Empathy and Talking to Humans. I would say they're the two next best books to read after that. Again, they're all short and sweet, which is really, really good. Um, from there, I would say one of the best people, uh, you know, follow those authors, those, you know, 
the author find those books. It's like Michelle Hansen and Rob Fitzpatrick are the two authors. Follow them on Twitter and their blogs. Like they're the cutting edge at doing this stuff. Um, I think from there, kind of other uh, resources. Um, uh, I think those would be the best places to start. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything. I I have to think on that one. You have to sorry. Yeah, we can add a few more things in the show notes and we'll work with okay. Dallas Sounds good. and get some. Uh, Dallas, you know, one piece of advice that you can give to the founders, uh, you know, at any stage, if you will, as they go through this customer discovery process, uh, do you have um, something short and sweet for them to, you know, uh, take away from this conversation? Yeah, keep doing discovery till people say they want to sign up. That's when you're ready to stop. It's always like, well, how long do I have to go for? So when you're on the call and you're talking to them and it's like, hey, wow, that sounds amazing. Uh, can I sign up? And remember the three things that you got to know that every if they don't give you time, money, or reputation, they're lying to you. That's the last thing I want to leave people yeah. with. They don't give you their time. If they won't give you money and they won't give you their reputation, they whatever they said is all a lie. So you haven't done it right. And if you can't get one of those, you're not doing discovery right. Yeah, that's great advice. Keep doing it until they give you time, money, or reputation. That's sweet. Uh, how does one find you? Uh, should they reach out? To, how, how can uh, someone who's a listener to our podcast reach out to you? Yeah, super active on LinkedIn and Twitter. So uh, Fontaine Dallas on Twitter and Dallas Fontaine on uh, LinkedIn. So um, not a lot of Dallas Fontaines out there. So pretty easy to find. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure it'll be tagged as well. So um, yeah, happy to connect. Yeah. Feel free to DM me. Always happy to chat discovery. We can add that up for the show notes as well. Thank you, Dallas, uh, so much for your valuable time. This has been an exciting conversation. Uh, and to all our listeners, if you have enjoyed today's discussion, please do consider leaving uh, some review on the podcast platform of choice. If you have any specific topics or anyone that we should talk to, please reach out to us. Until then, stay tuned for more insights, guests and demos. And uh, until that time, keep thriving. Take care. Thanks.